Second wives we deal with today. Yesterday we learned about a situation in Avelut where the laws actually have nothing to do with Avelut. We learned about the uh, the law of, of not cutting hair, uh, after, even after Shloshim for, for a parent, and that that was not an, uh, an aspect of Avelut, and the, the proof was that Yom Tif doesn't interrupt that, whereas Yom Tif interrupts Shiva and Shloshim. Yom Tif doesn't interrupt the year after Shloshim that one keeps for, for a parent. Uh, and uh, and you have to carry on growing your hair and not, not shaving until your hair is so long that it would arouse a reaction, a social reaction. And we discussed uh, that that was a peculiar measurement of, of how long to wait. It wasn't time-related, it was social um, and, and that that wasn't a, a din in Avelut, it was a din in Kibbut Av, it was different. Today also we have uh, an area of, of halacha in Avelut which is not Avelut related, which is quite interesting. It's Avelut caused, but not Avelut related. Avelut is the trigger of the same as with cutting your hair. Avelut is the trigger. The reason you're not cutting your hair is because you became an ovel. But, but it's not a din of Avelut. It's not an expression of mourning. It's an expression of honor for a parent. It's different. And, and today we have a, uh, the, the same kind of a thing where, where practice is triggered by Avelut, but it isn't an expression of Avelut. And that's an important thing in, in, in life also, to be able to differentiate between what, what triggers an event and, and whether the event is an expression of that. They're two different things. You can have an event that triggers an expression, but it's not an expression of that. It's something else altogether. Let's have a look and see. Tanu Rabbonu, we learned in Abrais, it says the Gemara, Kol shloshim yom lenisuim, for 30 days uh, after a person becomes an ovel, one isn't allowed to get married. So that's a whole area of halacha in its, in its own. Um, who's talking about an avel for a parent or an avel for anybody. However, If a person's wife dies, he, has to, he can't marry again, he can't remarry until three Yom Tivs have passed. Rabbi Yehuda says only two have to pass. By the third, you can already get married. So there's a machlokas Tanakam and Rabbi Yehuda as to whether it's two yomtas or three yomtas. But here again, it's peculiar, isn't it? It doesn't say six months, nine months, ten months, two months, uh, three three regolim. So from Pesach to Rosh Hashanah, to, well, uh, there's an interesting question whether Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur count. We pass and it doesn't count. It's it's the actual three regolim, but they can be different lengths of 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 regal. The Shmini Atzeret count as a separate regal. And it, 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 it's related to the Yom Tivs. It's not related directly to time. Of course, it is a function of time, but it's expressed in a strange way. Why doesn't the Gemara just say it's six, six months? Why, why three regolim? And then the Gemara says, um, but if you don't have children, but if a person doesn't have children, then you don't have to wait for three regolim. You don't delay, you get married, and you build a family. If a woman dies and leaves very little children and the man has to take care of the little children, we're concerned about the children so he can marry immediately. And then the Gemara brings a strange case. 
Yosef Akohen's wife passed away, and he said to his wife's sister, um, get ready to come and take care of your wife's children. In other words, that was a proposal. A strange wording of a proposal and a strange setting. If you look at all the, you know, these videos of these magnificent proposals that the young guys do, this would probably be quite unique. <laughs> at, the, at the cemetery, at the funeral of the first wife. But still, he didn't actually have intimacy with her for a long time. How long did he wait before he had intimacy? 30 days, not, not an awful lot of time. That's just an interesting story. But where we focus on is the Shlosha Regalim Halacha, that you don't get remarried for, for three Regalim. The Rambam Paskins, like the Tanakama that you've got to wait three regalim. The run has a difficulty with the Rambam because we have a principle we've had several times in the Gemara already of Behilchot Avel, Halacha Kedivre HaMekel, that when it comes to the laws of Avelut, we go, we always take the lighter view. Um, uh, for various different reasons. One of them is it's a person suffering enough. We don't have to add Avelut as all the Rabbonin. It's not, uh, these are not the Arisa laws except for the first day of Avelut. So when there's a Machloket, we take the lighter view. Uh, so why would the Rambam ask the Ran? Why would the Rambam paskin like the Tanakhama that you've got to wait three regalim? Why doesn't he take the light of you that you've got to pass that you can marry after two regalim, after two yomtivs? Um, and so the Ran disagrees with the Rambam and says, V'chein pasak hari ibn Gaius. The ibn Gaius we've, we've had before, I've introduced him to you. Very, very early Rishon, time of the Rif, time of Rashi. This is one of the first, second generation of Rishonim. Um, in, in Spain. So, is between the Rambam and the Reeb and Gaius, and the Iran Paskins like the Reeb and Gaius, that we go the lighter view, which is two Yomim Tovim, not three Yomim Tovim. Our Tosfus, and we've been learning quite a lot about Tosfot, our Tosfus takes a different view and says, this is not Hilchot Avelut. This is a different situation altogether. It's true that in Ilchot Avelut we take the light of you. But this is not Ilchot Avelut. Why not? Says Tosfus. Ad she avru regalim, ad she yesh regalim belo simcha. You need to have three Yom Tovim without full simcha. He's got to experience the absence of his wife being alone for three Yom Tovs. Belo yishkach ahavat ishto so that he doesn't forget the love of his wife. We, we get such deep psychology in this, in this sugya. Um, so what about the fourth Yom Tov? Eventually he's going to forget the love of his wife. No, Tosfus holds, if you have three Yom Tovs where you have to access the love of your wife when she's not present, then you embed it, then it's there. She, she, remain, she remains present, she's, she's, she's there. We don't want a situation where you completely forget the love of the, of the first wife. And if you just straight away transition from the first wife to the second wife, and there's no time in between, all these halachas, by the way, we're talking today is about a widower, not a, divorce, not a divorcee, they're different. The, the difference is that in the case of a divorcee, the, the relationship came to an end. The relationship broke down. And then a new relationship is built. The problem with, with a widower is the relationship never came to an end. The, a life came to an end, but the relationship didn't. And that's the important part of this Gemara is to understand that relationships 
are not dependent on physical presence. You can have a relationship with somebody who's far away. You can love somebody who's far away. And you can love somebody who's no longer in, in, living because the, the, the spiritual connection remains. That, that soulmate connection that people talk about, that that's, survives death. But says Tosfus, but you need to transition it. You need to embed it because it's a new kind of relationship. Um, I, I remember a very important period of time after my father passed away is understanding that it's not at the end of a relationship. It's a different kind of a relationship. Uh, and, and I remember one of the hard, I think many people have had that, one of the hardest things I found right away was I couldn't pick up the phone to him. That was what, because we'd, we lived far away from, from each other for a while already, so the distance wasn't the thing. The accessibility was the thing. And I had to learn there's a new instrument of access. It's not I can't access him. It's just a phone doesn't work. So you've got to, get, you've got to develop new instruments of access. And that's part of what Avelut is, is to redefine connection. How do you reconnect with somebody who's not physically present? And, um, and, and the Tosis brings here that we want the person to, to adjust to this new connection three Yom Tovim where he's got to relate to his late wife without her being physically present and then, then there's, a, there's a permanence, so to say. Inami, another reason is so that by the time he gets married, he's not thinking of his first wife. So that's like the opposite. On the one hand, you don't want her to be completely forgotten. On the other hand, he can't be in love with her while he's marrying a second one. So there's got to be, an, there's got to be that interruption. It's such a subtle and complex transition and relationship. Again, very different from divorce. So here, she's just stopped living, but the relationship needs to continue. And yet the relationship needs to stop so that there's space for the second one. Uh, and so you, you're living in this kind of paradoxical situation where there's a, a, an, an emotional attachment to somebody who is no more, but the vacancy for a new relationship to be created and established. And the third reason is, um, we're afraid that in a moment of anger, he'll say something to his second wife about his first wife. You know, you, you don't make a child like my first wife could make. And that's a terrible thing. And, and he could say it in, in, in even more hurtful ways and things, <clears throat> to raise the issue. So we want that to have passed. So we find this interesting balancing of, of the need for, uh, the, the, you don't want the first wife's memory to disappear. Why not? Rashi in the Kitfei Yad, remember I told you we've got the Rashi we've got is not Rashi, the Rashi but we've got the Rashi in manuscript we found later on, which is the real Rashi. And Rashi says, Because by getting married too quickly, it's disrespectful to the first wife. You're showing that, that, that it's, um, you're not even thinking about the wife's passing. So there's this balance. We want respect to the first wife. You don't want a person just to transition. It's different from any other relative because nobody replaces another relative. A father dies, a mother dies, a brother, a sister. Uh, you, don't just, you don't replace them. So that's the end of the, that relationship and you deal with that transition. But the complexity of a spouse that, that dies, especially when a wife dies, that's very complex because the man replaces her. And we don't want it to be a replacement. We want it to be a new relationship. There's a difference between a replacement and a new relationship. And that's what we see in Tosfus. We want you to retain respect for your first wife. And you don't replace her with your second wife. But your second wife is entitled 
to a full, committed new relationship that isn't burdened by the uh, by the presence of the late wife of the departed wife, and we see how concerned the halacha is over here that 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 space is created. So when we say that the laws of we don't go lekula here, we don't take the light of you in laws of avilut here because these aren't laws of avilut. Is how Tosfos answers the runs kasha on the Rambam. This is not laws of avilut. This is laws of marriage. This is not laws of avilut. And we can go even further than that. What happens if we take the lighter view in the law of Avilutia? We land up taking a more severe view for the woman. Because that's how it works with Ben Adam Lechavero. That you might take a light view. It's like Reb Chaim Soloveitchik and others said, if you make it with Hilchot Shabbat when there's, when there's life at risk, so it's all very well. You're taking a lighter, you're taking a machme, if you're taking a harder view of Hilchot Shabbat, but you're taking a light view about Hilchot Pikuach um, Nefesh, saving lives. That there's, there's a balance. Normally, Avilut only affects you. So we take the lighter view with Avilut. But here, if you take the lighter view with Avilut, it impinges on the rights of the second wife. And that you can't do. You can't take a lighter view in one area of halacha when it creates a harder view in the, in the other area of, of halacha. I remember when it, I was thinking back today, and I was thinking what an unbelievable privilege I was, I was Zoyche to. So in, in Kvacha City, when I was learning there as a young boy, I was 13 years old. Every week we used to sit around the table with Rebellia Lopian. 12, 15, maximum 15 boys. He would take the whole yeshiva, the whole yeshiva was only 100 people. And he would take the yeshiva group by group. They were called Vaadim. Once a week we would sit around the table with Rebellia Lopian. Rebellia Lopian saw Rebisrol Salanta. So that, you, you just think about it and you get, you get the cold shivers. Just think, yeah, you young man is sitting around the table with Rebellia Lopian, with Talmud of Rasim Kazisal, who saw Rebisrol Salanta. Just direct connection. And we used to just talk about life. It's something that doesn't even happen in the yeshivas today. Just he used to talk about life. And he talked about the fact, I remember him talking about a young man, a kolo young man, uh, in, in the yeshiva, because they, 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 we used to do shiva, we used to do um, uh, uh, washing our hands. We used to do negavasa next to the bed. It's a bucket of water, and we used to do negavasa. Because you don't rely on the fact that you can walk around the building, because in a yeshiva it's a dormitory, so the, the, the bathroom is a common bathroom. It's considered a different part of the house, and therefore you need to do negavasa close to your bed, which is what we did. And it was a yeast, and he told us as a young man, a cool man who'd recently got married, and things weren't going so well. So to diagnose the problem, Rebellia said to the young man, Do you do, do, you do um, uh, negavasa next to your bed, like you did in yeshiva? I said, Of course. That's the problem. You being machmir on the, on the laws of, of, of negovas, of washing your hands, but surely you wake up your wife, you're pouring water there when you wake up, you get up much earlier than she does, surely you're disturbing her sleep. What right have you got to be a tzaddik at the expense of another person? And that's why your marriage is in trouble, because you're putting your tzidkas, we're not talking about basic halakha, they're, they're cool, you don't have to do it right at your bed when you're in your own house. And the idea of being a tzaddik at the expense of another person is something which you don't do. Those are the things he trained us on as young boys sitting around the table. Here, the same thing. You want to be a tzaddik and you want to, uh, in this case, if it's not even a question of tzaddik, you want to be mekel in the laws of, of, uh, of, of avilut. And so you don't have to wait three, three regolim, two regolim is okay. But you impinge on the rights of the second wife by doing that. That you can't, you can't take a halachic stand in one area 
which is going to be at the expense of another person. You want to you want to make it at your own expense, that's fine. You want to be a tzaddik, you want to go further than you need to go, that's a wonderful thing, but not at the expense of other people. And the Mahsovitri, the Mahsovitri was one of the important um, Talmidim of Rashi, also very, very early, right? It's the Mahsovitri on Hilchot Filah. Um, and this is a tshuva. Simon, you t- said to me yesterday how exciting it is to see the Baletosfus all coming together and communicating with each other and sending letters to one another and all comes alive. This in the Mahsovitri is a tshuva of Rabbeinu Yaakov Barameir. That's the Rabbeinu Tam, which is Rashi's grandson writing to Rabbeinu Yosef. So the Machso Vitri, who is Rashi's Mechutin and Rashi's Talmud, writes to say, the Machso Vitri includes in it a tshuva that Rabbeinu Tam wrote to Rabbeinu Yosef about this thing. And in, in the comment he says, V'zivug sheni tzarich A second marriage needs reinforcement. You can't just treat it like a first marriage. A first marriage, everybody's excited, they come together, there's no baggage. Second marriages, there's baggage. And you've got to be sensitive if you're going to deal, if you're going to make the second marriage successful, you've got to deal with the baggage and you've got to protect the second wife from the baggage of the first wife. You've got that baggage, that's fine. You've got to honor the first wife. The first wife is probably the mother of your children as well. You've got to honor that. There's no question about that. That's why three yontos, you've got to, Think about your wife and feel what life is like without her. But don't impose it on the second wife. She's entitled to, to a free space. And you see from here that the human being has that capacity. We can keep our baggage to ourselves. We don't have to throw our baggage on us. Throw your baggage on Hashem. You want to throw baggage on somebody else? Throw it on Hashem. Put your sorrows on Hashem. Talk your heart out to Hashem. You put your worries on Hashem's back. He can take care of it. But don't throw your baggage on somebody else's back. That's not fair. And particularly if it's your wife, then you come to a marriage with baggage, deal with it yourself, but give her the space to, to blossom and to flower and to grow and to find her place as the second wife.